Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. I'm Dr. Mudgill. I'm a dermatologist and dermatopathologist based in New York City and Long Island. Through this podcast, I hope to share with you stories that I find personally inspiring and that I know will inspire you too. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with the original Dr. Mudgill, my mother. She has an amazing story, which I know you're going to love. Hey guys, it's Dr. Mudgill, and I'm very excited to be bringing you my very first podcast. The goal of this podcast for me is bringing inspirational stories to anyone who's interested in listening. And uh, there's no better person to start this podcast with than the original Dr. Mudgill, my mother, who to me has an incredibly inspirational story that um, I think everyone would love to hear. So Ma, uh, I'm glad to have you here. It's my first guest. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I guess, why don't we just start by you telling us a little bit about yourself, like where you were born, when you were born, and that sort of stuff. You know, we'll maybe briefly touch on your childhood a little bit. And uh, then we'll kind of talk about what I think is the most inspirational part of your story. It's almost bringing me to tears. Um, just about how you succeeded here. I was I was born in at Sialkot, which is now in West Pakistan. So, if I'm sorry to interrupt, so India basically separated in 1947, and my mom was born in 1939. It was one big country at that point. It was just all India, and then in 1947, the country divided into India and Pakistan. So, just continue with that. So I was I was there till I was age seven or about eight, and when Pakistan occurred, and we had to leave our house and everything and come to India, because they were trying to burn our house, and there was a lot of chaos. They wanted to kill people and burn their property. So we had to leave our house and come to some refugee camps. So in just basically, just in case you're not familiar with the history, yeah. in 1947, all the Muslims went to Pakistan, and anyone who's Hindu went to India. Um, so my grandfather had a very successful business there and a home, but essentially they had to abandon everything. And my you said you were like eight years old at the time. Yeah. And so it was, it was basically just chaos. You know, like my mom was saying, those mass riots and, you know, my mom's, I don't know, did your home get burned down or? No, it wasn't burned down because my father put it on his foreman, name of the foreman who was Muslim. Okay. So that protected the house. That protected the house. And then we, Do you remember much of that period? Do you remember like migrating to India? Yeah, we had we had to live in someone else's house. Sometimes we borrowed the their house to stay for some time in Jammu, and then it was very difficult to get out from there. And uh, one of my cousin who was in uh, who was a little bit in politics and all that, he tried to get us a truck, and we all got in that after two months, and we came to uh, and we came to Delhi, and from Delhi they were not letting anyone go beyond it because they want all refugees to be kept there. So like, what about all your stuff that you had, you know, your belongings, those were all left behind? They were all left there, only we had some luggage, some clothing, and some bedding, stuff like that, which was most essential. And my mother only could bring her jewelry and stuff like that. So who was with you? Was Baoji, my grandfather, my my grandmother? It was my 
father, my mom, and uh, uh, my father's sisters, their families. So we were all together. What about siblings? Did you have any siblings at that point? Yeah. Uh, we, we were like uh, three of us children of my father. One was born on the way. Where was he? Who, that, was, that was uncle? That, that was Nito, Nito. Okay. So, so my mom is the oldest, and then you have a brother. Uncle is what, two years younger than you? Yes. And then Nitamasi is how much younger? She's about seven years younger than me. So was she just, where was she born? She was born in, uh, on the way. Like in a hospital in a, or? No, she, she, was, she was born at home. Wow. You know, where we were living, the house which we had borrowed. She so who born. cut like the umbilical cord and stuff? Some nurse we, were, who could, we could find. Okay. She came and took care of it. So it was, um, and my father wasn't even home when mm-hmm. my sister was born. So it was like big chaos, but we had like the rest of the family, like uh, my aunts and all, so they helped out. And we couldn't get milk because all the Muslims had left because it was India. And we had to catch a cow and keep it too, and my uncle could milk it, you know, so we could have some milk. Wow. So then we came, we came from Delhi to Lucknow because my father said it's not stamped on our foreheads that we are refugees. He had money, so he bought tickets and we took a train we, and we came to Lucknow where we had some relatives and we stayed with them. And my father opened a business which didn't run, so he had to close it and look for a job. So he went to his a friend who was a friend of his from college. And he said, you come here, we'll, don't worry, we'll find you a job. Where was that? Where did you go to then? He, came to, he went to Calcutta. Okay. And that's pretty much where you grew up yes. after that, right? So, so we were in Calcutta. We stayed for my father's stayed till he came to USA. So then you were, what, like nine or ten years old when you were in, in yeah, we were Calcutta? About, I was about then ten years old when we went to Calcutta. And I had to learn Bengali, but my father said, don't learn Bengali. So I took my high school exam privately, by private tuitions. I didn't attend school or anything. So you were basically like homeschooled, essentially? Homeschooled, essentially. And then... So I was 13 when I did high school. And uh, then... So you finished high school at 13? Then, because I didn't take math, I couldn't get admission in science. So I had to come back to Lucknow and get admission in science subjects in college. So what, how old were you when you went to college? I was, I joined college at 13, but, and I finished two years, but uh, to go to medical school, you need, you had to be 17 years old. So I had to do two more years of college, which was Isabella Thorne College in Lucknow. And, uh, and after that, I went to medical school. Did you know you wanted to be a doctor or were you kind of pushed into it? No, I always wanted to be a doctor as a child. So at 17, you went to medical school? Yes. And then? And then I finished my medicine in 62, and I wanted to come to America, but... How old were you when you finished medical school? I was like 22 about Uh when I finished medical school, and then I wanted to come to America, but the Indian government didn't want us doctors to go abroad so they weren't giving us passports so I got stuck in Delhi and then <clears throat> I joined their All India Institute of Medicine whatever job I could get uh, quickly it was pharmacology 
So I was do, I was there in pharmacology and I was working, and they told me to like in a hospital or it was an all Indian Institute of Medical Sciences. Okay, so it's like a medical school or medical school. Okay. So they told me, since you're here, why don't you just finish MD in pharmacology? So I said, okay. So I just was there for two years and I finished MD in pharmacology and passed. And after that, I got married and I went to Bangalore, where I was teaching in medical schools, Bangalore Medical College. And so you were like 24 at this point? Yes. And said, no, I was by then, I think, 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was teaching Bangalore Medical College and uh, St. John's Medical College. And after that, for two years I was there and then I left and came back to Calcutta. And I wanted to come abroad. What then, motivated you to want to come abroad? Just opportunity or? I was then 29 years old and you when wanted I came to, here. Why did you want to leave India? Because I was not able to get much job in Calcutta. And I was, uh, I went to all the magazines and I was applying. I applied in Scotland and I got a job in Aberdeen. And I got jobs in uh, USA. And my father didn't want me to come to USA, but I said I want to go to an English-speaking country. Mm-hmm. So, so why did you choose the USA over Scotland? Because the USA was paying me more money. Okay. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about when you came here? I came to U.S. in 1969. And how old were you? And I was then 29 years old. Okay. And I had uh, you came I had only 20 dollars with me, and the and the hospital was supposed to pick me up at the airport. Where did you go? I I I had gone, I was coming to Chicago, but my plane got stuck with fog or something in uh, Boston. So it came, so it was delayed. So the hospital people didn't come to pick me up. And I called them. I said, you know, I'm here. Can you pick me up? They said, you know, we are having Christmas party. Just take a cab and come. And you only had $20 in your pocket? I had only $20 in my pocket, which I gave to the cabman. So it was the middle of winter in Chicago. Chicago. Did you have a coat? It was so cold and I didn't have like a good winter clothes also. And my luggage was... Uh, was not I couldn't get my luggage because I don't know where it went so I so came without anything they lost anything. your bag you didn't have a bag they lost my bag so you came to Chicago with $20 in your pocket and with the pocketbook that's all and that's it so I, when I, I came I had no I was, idea where you were going and I was and the guy who was driving me he was he was uh, like stocky black guy I was kind of scared and uh, all the streets were like it was dark, and uh, there were no leaves on the on the trees. It looked so lonesome. Everything. When I came to the hospital, there was no one. Everyone was in the party, so I was almost to tears. And they told me just just get washed up and come to the party, you know. So I, I went, and I was wearing Indian clothes like a sari. So which is was, all you had, basically. Right? It's all I had. And I killed them, but in but by next morning I got my Suitcase. luggage. So how long were you in Chicago for? I did my internship in Chicago. It was one year. So you came for residency training. Uh, internship I did. Okay, so you did one in year in Chicago. Chicago. I did one year inter- internship in Chicago, and then I thought I'll do pharmacology, clinical pharmacology. I came to Philadelphia mm-hmm. in a Hahnemann Medical School. 
and I was there, uh, and then my husband came here, and I came to New York. And so I, he came to New York? This is my yeah. dad. Yes. He came to, okay. And, and you met him I in did, New York? Then I finished my, that one year at NYU, and I published some papers. After that, I thought, you know, I'll have to travel if I go to pharmacology, and I decided to do, take license. Well, medical license. Medical license in New York. And I didn't want, I wasn't studying much because my husband didn't want me to so take license. I guess this is probably the hardest part for me to talk about. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about my dad? He, he was schizophrenic, but he didn't tell us he was treating himself. And, uh, and he wasn't treating himself properly, but he came here probably to find out if there was anything new to treat his disease here. He came here as a fellowship. So he was, came here to do a fellowship in psychiatry? Psychiatry. So he, he got a job also in um, Brookdale Hospital, and he worked there. So you guys were living in Brooklyn? We were living in Brooklyn. And then his fellowship finished, but my, I, got, I got my license. Once I got my well, license, this, I had no this problem. Is, this is um, a good part of the story. Yeah. So my dad didn't want you to study. He didn't want me to study. I just studied. Why, why didn't he want you to study? Because he, he used to feel if she studies and she passes this exam, she may not come back with me, him. So you did know? he think he, was, he thought you were going to divorce him? Yeah, that's what he, probably he was thinking. But he, I didn't know that he was that sick, you understand? He used to treat himself. Was, he, he, was he abusive? He, 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 I came to America just because he had slapped me. That's why I left him and came. He's, he didn't oh. let me bring my son. They kept him. I said, it's okay, let them keep him. So you were already a mom, uh, you, my older brother, Pitavasa. Yeah. He was left in India. You left your child, your whole family. I left in India. And I said, okay, let her keep my son because my mother-in-law used to stay with me and she used to only look after my son. So I said, it's better if he stays here. Then I, so I didn't fight. I just let him be there. I said, let God's will. Yeah, I'll meet him again. So he was abusive to you in India and that's why you left India? Yes. And then what about when he came here? So I came here, and then he didn't want me to take license. But, and I made a lot of money. You know, in three months, I made a lot of money. I used to moonlight. Okay, so you basically left Pintabasa, my older brother in India. And when my dad came, he, he brought, brought him also. He brought him because I had sent 10,000 rupees for his sister's wedding. Uh-huh. Because they wanted... My mother-in-law had told me that you have to pay for, uh, for my daughter's wedding because they had three daughters. One was already married. Mm-hmm. She was second one. And for third, third daughter will be married when the other son gets married. Mm-hmm. You know? So I sent them $10,000, 10,000 rupees for the wedding. And that only, they felt that she's earning a lot of money. So they sent the son with the, he came with the, my son here. So both of them came here. And both then, of them came here. At the, my son was then three years old. So that's my older brother who's seven years older than me. Um, so my dad, he didn't want you to study for your exam. So how would you study? Like, how did you pass I the exam? I used to study in subways, you know, subways. I used to go to NYU. It used to take one hour. And then I used to study there at lunchtime in library. So you were basically studying in secret. Like you ride the subways and study study when you're in. I didn't tell him that I'm taking the exam. Did you tell anybody you were taking the exam? Other people knew in the building that I'm taking the exam. 
and no one would ask me anything when I took the exam and the results were out. No one would ask me because they thought she definitely failed. <laughs> so I told. You so I told a friend of mine, you you didn't ask me, but it's a surprise that I passed. Wow! So as your medical license, then you passed by studying in the subways and secretly. Yes. So then, what happened after that? After that. I could get a job in an emergency room in Kings County, which was near my house, near our house. And then I had to moonlight in another hospital. And so I, so I earned a lot of money, and I took everything I could take from here to India. Mm-hmm. So you took all your stuff back to India? So you went back to India? Yes. I went back to India because at that time he was... He was not, he, he was here for one year, he was not hitting or anything, he was behaving properly. But he used to keep quiet and this one. Mm. And when, when I went to India, I took everything there because his job had finished. He just stayed here like till so he, July. He finished his fellowship and fellowship. then wanted to go back. Okay. Yeah. So we went back there. I had everything. I had my money. He bought a car there and I had... Um, all things, no, from, I had refrigerator i taken from here, washing machine, anything wow. I could get, I took from here. <laughs> and still we had money that he could buy a car there. And he, was, he used to love that car, he used to drive. And he, it, he bought it on my name. So basically you were supporting him, he wasn't working at that, he wasn't capable but he of working? Was, he went home, he, he had his job, you know, he had the government job. So he went there, but he was to be so angry whenever he used to come back from work, because everyone kind of knew that he's not well, you know. So he was, it was very stressful to him. And he, he went and he used to go, he used to have some doctor in the, at his parents' house. So he, in one year he went back home because he wanted to tell his parents how things are, it's not going, going well, he may have to leave or something, he used mm-hmm. to tell. But he never told me anything. He never, never told me anything. And it, so what was the breaking point? Like- See, the thing is, he used, to, he, used to, he used to have difficulty. So we were, when we went home in summer, we went home to his family, and then they were discussing what to do, you know, how to do, but they were not telling me what's the real so thing. So they is. knew he was mentally ill. He was mentally ill. But I came to know, you know, now they, he doesn't want to go back to work. So I told them, you know, and I knew I can come back here only in one year. If I don't right. come, I will lose my this one. Because your visa. Visa. So I said to them that I'll write to my boss and I ask her that I have changed my mind and I want to get my job back and I want to come back to America. So you wrote like a letter? And yeah, I wrote her a letter. This was like 1972 mm. or something like that? It was in uh, 73. Okay. And, uh, and she said, no problem, you come, you have your job next day, you know, she wrote to me. Okay. So when they read that letter... They were so surprised, so they, they said, okay, she can go because they thought she brought so much money before, so many things she'll bring again. So, so you were kind of not? supporting them? Yeah, yeah. So they wanted you to go back? So they wanted me earn. to go back, and okay. they, they wanted me to go back and their son go back so that no one knows he's, he's having sick mental sickness because they wanted the third daughter to get married. So they needed him to... Needed him to be away be from di- the house. It would be difficult to, for yeah. the third daughter to marry, yeah. knowing that there was someone mentally ill. Mentally ill. So that's how they let me come here. But here he he wanted to have me. So you guys me. came back then? Yeah, in 1973? 73. Okay. And I got my job back next day. 
Alistair was he working at that time? He wasn't working. Okay. He never worked here. He was just used to lie down the whole day. Was he getting like worse? You he know? was getting worse at night. He used to get up and he used to say, we were making some signs and he used to shut off the TV. Why we have TV on? And he would be hallucinating, basically. He was, and then, now nah, yeah, hallucinating. And then after uh, I got pregnant, he wanted me to have a daughter. Pregnant like, with me? Yeah. Then he wanted me to have a daughter, not a son. So when he was born, he was very angry because well, he when thought... I, when I was born. Yeah, he was very angry why I have a boy because the priest told him that you, I will have a daughter. And I told him how the priest knows what I will have. You know, so he, he was very angry I had a boy. Because in India, they think the girl is like a big burden and he thought if I have a daughter, then he can, he can take me back to India. Otherwise, I may not go. You know, that was their plan. So, so he was, became very abusive after that. Abusive you know, to you? He, to, he not only used to beat me up, he used to beat my kids. I had to lie on top of them so they Which don't kids? get hurt. Like bit by son? And both of you. And me when I was a baby? Yeah. So he, I used to lie on top of them so they don't get hurt. How old was I at this point? You were like about uh, one and a half year old. Mm. So, so he kept, it, it kept on going. So when once I... Uh, once he just hit me so bad that my wrist was almost this one and I had a lot of scratches on my wrist and it was so red I was. So that time someone in my, in my workplace, they told me that I should go and see a psychiatrist and see how he can be brought to hospital because he used to tell me I'm a psychiatrist. Like to be committed into a hospital. Yeah. You are not a psychiatrist. I'm a psychiatrist. I know what, what I can take or not. You know, the medicines make me very sick. And I'll go downhill. They have a lot of side effects, he said. So I went to the psychiatry department and I said, my husband is like this. He beats me up and he has done all this. So they said, today when you go home, you call the police. And, tell, and when you go home, and, they come, and then you go home and they will come there and they bring him here. So that's what I had to do. Did you do that? That's uh, what you did? Yes, that's what I did. So when I reached home, the police came. And they told him to, they have to take him to hospital. He knew all this. He quietly went with them to hospital and he was admitted. But he won't talk to anyone in the hospital and not say anything what is wrong with him, what medicine he's taking. Uh, so they said, you know, he's hiding something. He doesn't want us to know. And how long can we keep him? So he came back home. So I, at least, but at least he, he was very angry, but he was not like hitting us then. So he, came back, so he came back home, you're saying, they yes. released him. Uh, that she will call the police again and he'll be in trouble. So he was a bit quiet and this one. And then when I used to tell him that I gave him, I wrote him a check saying this is the check. You go by, you get a ticket and go back home because I can't tolerate you. And he, 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 he said, yes, I'm going, I'm going. He'll bring the suitcase and put near the door. He never went. Then I called my mother. Was he abusive again at this point or no? He was not very abusive at that time. But he used to talk, but he wasn't hitting. Mm -hmm. So he came. So I called my mother. When she came, she said, why don't you go home? When she says, you can't stay here. You have to go home because you're not behaving properly. He said, he said, he's going, he's going. He'll keep, come, come, come and keep, keep his suitcase again and near the door and he's going. But he never went. So my mother said, he's not going. So speak to a lawyer. Like your, my, my grandmother, maternal yeah. grandmother. Yes. So he says, stop, we'll talk to a lawyer. So we talked to a lawyer and he said, I told him that I want separation. Or I want him to go home for two, three years. 
and then I'll come and see him how he's behaving, whether he's working or not. And he he said, no, he's not going home. If if he if he has to go home, he'll take. He wants to go with everyone, you know. So, so the whole, take the whole family back. Yeah. So then, what what was how how did things? So my mother said he's not going to go. So my my lawyer said if you don't go home, she wants a divorce. And he told me you get a divorce because you may not find him again, and he can come here and if you die, and he will take everything you have. So he so I said okay. So my Laura said, said you need to get divorced basically yes. to protect yourself. Yes. So mom said then whatever he says you do. So I just asked said okay I'll get a divorce. And he said, no, no, he doesn't want to give a divorce. So the lawyer said, no, you have nothing to say because you've been abusive and all that. You know, you you have no say. She she can get a divorce. So they called him at the court, and he he could go to the court and everything. But when I was pregnant, he couldn't even call a cab. I had to walk to the hospital, which was like one when and I, a half. When you were pregnant with me, yes. like when you were about to deliver, you walked to the hospital. Walk to the hospital. If the child could have come on the street, and as soon as I reached there at the desk, they brought me a wheelchair and just sat down fast. And as soon as I went up to say this, he was he was born in one minute. Wow! You know, it's, it was he, he put me in so much problems. So I told him, no, I'm I don't want to go. You you have you have to go alone. But then the lawyer said it's okay. You know when he went to the court, he used to go, he had to go to the court and present. So the lawyer used to tell us, so we would take out all our stuff and keep in lawyer's basement. You know. So the lawyer took your belongings and protected them. So we slowly vacated it like that the apartment. Did and you have another place to go to? We, I I ha- I was staying with a friend in New Jersey. We were all staying there then, probably. In New Jersey. She was saying, I can help you if there's no one to help. And because she was on vacation, because she had twins. So Who's she that? Still, Which one It was that? Shanti. Okay. And we stayed there for, with her for about a month. Till my brother also came here. Were you still working in Brooklyn at that time? I was working in Kings College. So you were divorced at this point? No, I wasn't divorced yet. Oh, you were just living separately? Living there. How old was I? You were like about three years old. So so then he left. I think you were two years old. Mm-hmm. Two years old. And then uh, he the by chance my lease was almost getting closing. So there. Uh, so the lawyer told him that if you want to stay here, you have to take care of the rent because the lease will end, and she's not going to renew it. And then he quickly left. You know. So you guys were were you divorced at that point? No, we got the divorce papers later on. But he went back to India. He went back to India. And that was the last time you ever saw him. Yeah, last. I never. We never saw him going. You know, we just uh, we were just staying there and with with you kids. I had mm. both kids. And uh, in the in the paper, uh, the lawyer said she she can keep the kids because he's abusive. So I was I was two at that point. Yeah, you were two years old. And I've never had contact with my dad. No, ever no. since then. So it, it, that's the story. So just to fast forward a little bit. Um, so I was two. I have never really known my dad. Dad. Uh, my yes. older brother, but I knew him a little bit. Uh, but I imagine his memories aren't that great either. So we ended up in Brooklyn at some point. Yeah, we were, we were, we, we And then you brought the whole family over. You know, apartment because my brother also lost his job in England. So he was here also. So he, he helped me out getting an apartment. 
And he told me, now buy a car and everything you need. I'll teach you driving. And he used to help me go to work. He used to come with me. Mm-hmm. So with his help, you know, we again brother. started living here. And then eventually I brought all my family here. I mean, so some of my best memories are, I mean, I think there were, what, nine of us living in a three-bedroom apartment yes. in Brooklyn? Yes. In Star City? So you just, you, but your mom, your dad, both your sisters. Sis. And um, my brother. Your brother and Savina was born at that point. And Savina was there. Who's my cousin, the, my aunt's daughter. We're all living in a three-bedroom three apartment in Brooklyn um, for years. Five years. Yeah. And we then... So then we moved out. Like, what precipitated that? Like, we ended up in Long Island, we, just we, the three of us. Because uh, four of the, us, your, your brother finished his schooling, and there was no more schooling in Star City. So to have best schools for them, we moved to Long Island. So he went to high for his high school. Well, yeah. So he went to like middle school first, and then high school. Okay. All right. So then it was. So me. he was thirteen years old, and he was uh, six years old when we moved here. So it was, it was me, you, um, my and brother, but and, and my the, grandfather. Yeah, grandfather so, lived here. so growing up, that was the family. It was the four of us. That's right. And then just kind of to jump around a little bit, how did you end up in the military? You know, see, the thing is, I, I was working, and then there was a guy who was a colonel in the military. He told me... He was a doctor also? Or? Doctor also. He said, why don't you join? He was a psychiatrist. He told me, why don't you join military? It has a lot of benefits, and it's, uh, it's good. So and I asked my father, and my father said, you know, military is a nice, uh, this one, because you have more, uh, you have better character and stuff like that. So he said uh, he had no objections, but my mother was very against it. So I just joined it anyway. And I loved it. You joined the Army Reserves. Army Reserve. And, and I loved it. You made it all the way. I think you could have been a general, right? No, I went as a major and I, I retired as a colonel. But were you, you, were, you could have been a general. Yeah, I could be if I, if I stayed there longer. Yeah. yeah. So I remember when we were kids, we used to go to Europe, go to Germany. We used to work on the army bases there, yes. like in the summer times. And kind of went all over. Yeah, I loved that because I used to replace doctors who used to come on vacation to USA and I used to take their place in these countries like Germany, Italy. So we were like army brats yeah. for a little while growing up. And then you were a big, um, very big proponent of education. Yes. You basically forced... No, my father said, no, the education is the only thing which stayed with me because my father was actually a graduate from a Christian Christian college, there is missionary school, and he, my grandfather wanted to send him to London for further education, and he he didn't want to go, and he regretted that. He regretted that, not getting an advanced <laughs> because, degree. Because we we lost everything in when we came to India, so he felt if he was educated, he could have gotten a better job. So gotcha. he decided all, all his children, he did best to educate them as much as he could. Can you talk a little bit about why you were so um, insistent that my brother and I go to medical school? Do you think it was because... It I used to think, think you know, I, I was doing well, my whole family in medicine, and uh, I was successful. So I felt, you know, this is a noble job, noble profession. You know, you don't have to lie. You tell people, don't smoke, eat well, you know, and take your medicines and you'll be okay. 
So you, you never have to lie here. So that's the best thing. You know, I said, if you go to law school or you go to accountancy, other thing, you know, they, you still have to lie. So that's why I said, I feel medicine is a noble profession and should take that. Do you think, do you think part of it was because, you know, it was sort of like a salvation from all the hardships in your life that, you know, you were able to raise two boys on your own and, mm. and you know... <clears throat> You know, I, I, I used to tell you, you know, I'm a single mother, and people, if my kids are not good enough, they may feel that she, I they couldn't take care of them because I was a single parent. So I used to tell them, you know, you have to be something, you have to do something. Sort of to prove to the world that you... Yeah, prove the world, and, and I, I kind of liked medicine. I enjoyed my, my job, actually, till it became a political, this one. I used to love it. So you were working in the VA hospital for... Yes. How many years? For about years? 28 years. Wow. So I, I really love medicine. I like to talk to people. I like that. Yeah, I think we, uh, we all, we, both of us, I mean, my brother and I both love it also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're grateful mm-hmm. that you forced us into it. I remember you telling me you wouldn't uh, pay for my college if I didn't go to medical school. <laughs> Yes. Is that true? Yes, <laughs> yes I used to tell even Anand uh, that my other older son, he didn't want to, go, he was fighting with me, he didn't want to go to med school, he, he wanted to go to Duke. So I told him, you know, you got an admission because a doctor in my, at my work, his son had gone to Yale and he didn't do well, he got B- minus in one subject and he couldn't go to medical school. So he was telling me, if your son doesn't want to go to this program, tell him you won't pay him. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. I told him that I won't pay you if you don't go to medical school. So you, you wouldn't pay for him to go to Duke, you want him to go to medical school, yeah. like a combined program. Combined program. Because I was afraid if he goes to Duke and he doesn't do well in one subject, he'll lose. Now he has the chance to do it. Right. Yeah, well, I remember my first semester of college, when I think I got a B plus, I like I think two A's and A minus and B plus at a 376. Yeah. I was very proud of myself, but right. what did you tell me? <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you even remember. I don't remember. You told me what kind of grades are these? Like, you know, if you don't pull up your GPA, then you're going to go to state school. I want to send you to Binghamton. So I didn't have, uh, I didn't get another anything less than an A for the rest of yeah, the college. Yeah, he did very well, very well. He used to ask me whenever I used to go there, uh, I used to tell him, you're very smart, only you have to study. You never pay attention to your studying, that's why you had problem with high school. You, if you concentrate, you can do much better than your brother, I used to tell him that. What kind, of, what kind of kid was I, would you say? He, he was more, you know, he was more social, he used to love music, and he used to say, I don't appreciate his being in music, doing music. I don't come to any of this. I said, you know, I have limited time. So I, I, give, I only do things which I think are more important. So I used to go to his parents' teacher meetings, definitely, and all that. But I never went to his music programs or games or anything. I never went. Because I had no time to do all that, you know. Because I had to, I had to myself keep up. I had to take exams after exams yeah. to be able to stay there. Well, you know, I, being a parent now, mm-hmm. I think I have a much greater appreciation for all you did for us. I hope. And I, I, I'm happy. That is just helping you now. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. And I love you. Thank you. All right. 
Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast.